Hello, and welcome to the Sisters in the Spirit podcast. My prayer is that this podcast would be a ray of hope for your week. My name is Sarah St. Clair, and I'm delighted that you have joined me here. We are going to connect around the life-giving truths we find in God's Word and have honest conversation about the challenges we face day to day. I want to encourage you from my own life experiences and also chat with women like yourself who have walked through seasons of suffering and yet remained strong in their faith. Sister, you are not alone. You are precious to the Heavenly Father. Let's grow together as we seek to know Christ and worship Him in every area of our life. Hey there, welcome to Sisters in the Spirit, episode number five. This is a super special one as I am going to tell my love story in honor of Valentine's. So I wonder, do you have plans for the week um, with a special someone, um, loving on friends, family, um, or are you one of those that is anti-Valentine's because it's just a money-making scheme of the marketers? Um, Do you love flowers and chocolate? Or are you like me? And, um, well, okay, I like flowers. I do. But the chocolate, I'm not a big sucker for the box chocolate. So call me crazy, but um, I'd much rather have like an ice cream shake or something. So I would love to know what you think and what your vote is for the best way to celebrate Valentine's, um, what your favorite Valentine's treat would be. So um, you can always hop on over to the Sisters in the Spirit Facebook group where we have fun conversations like that. And um, I'll also be posting some fun pictures of me and my husband, Tim, Um, over there too. So you'll definitely want to stop by and it's totally free and it's private. So um, you can look it up and request to join and then um, answer a couple questions just to help me get to know you a little bit. And I'll welcome you in and um, you can join the conversation over there. So, um, well, I'm just very thankful for all the responses that I continue to get from different people who are listening to the podcast and um, really um, just so excited that I'm able to bless and encourage people and um, just help them in the different struggles um, and If you are one of those people, thank you for letting me know that. And um, yeah, just continue pressing into the Lord. And he has 
something special even this week. Um, this morning at church, we were singing, um, and one of the worship songs just said, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. And I just feel like that's a word for somebody out there that you might feel really hopeless in your situation or like nothing is changing. And I'm on the same rinse and repeat cycle. Um, but God is working on your behalf and he fights for you. So um, if you just let his presence flood your soul, his love embrace you, um, you can face the hard things. So, um, well, let's jump in. And um, for those of you who it's your first time stopping in on this podcast, um, me and my husband, Tim, have been married for 19 years. Um, we'll be celebrating 20 years in May. So that is absolutely wild to think about. And time really does fly. Now I'm one of those old fuddy-duddies that says that and so says to young parents with babies, don't blink because they'll grow up so fast um, because they do. It's true. Um, so, and me and my husband, Tim, have six daughters. Our oldest is almost 19. We have a birthday this week with our fourth born is turning 11. And then the very next week after that, our third born turns 13 and we'll have three teenagers in the house, all females. So send prayers. Um, and I say that somewhat jokingly, but somewhat serious. <laughs> oh man, ladies, this week has been um, full of drama and lots of um, explosions of emotion and me trying to not join the emotional um, acceleration, but to learn how to diffuse and be a peacemaker. So, um, yeah. And then, let's see, um, our Nessa second born is 15. She doesn't have a birthday until September. So we don't have to worry about that. Um, <laughs> cause she's turning 16 and I'll get emotional if I think about that for too long. Um, so then we have, um, a daughter who is eight and our youngest is five and she has a birthday next month, but tonight she informed me that she has her first wiggly tooth. I am not ready for my baby to start losing her teeth. So, um, yeah, after our third born turns 13 and my baby loses her tooth, you can just find me a puddle of tears. Um, 
nobody warned me that it can be painful as excited as you are to watch your children grow. There's still a weird painfulness about it as the seasons change, just letting go of of the kid or baby that they were and embracing the new stage that you're in together um, is tricky. So, and I know some of you are even at the empty nester stage or welcoming grandbabies and learning how to deal with adult children who are out of your home and raising their own families. And it poses a whole different um, dynamic of uh, relationship and just having to navigate that. So um, I think that's where our dependence on the Lord and um, uh, putting our anchor in him because he never changes. He's always the same and that can help stabilize us. All right. So this love story has to begin um, back when I was a young girl and um, of course I was boy crazy and um, had crushes on boys, multiple boys at times, and, um, you know, the normal girl thing. Um, but by the time I was 10, 11, um, 12, instead of wanting to really start, like, having, you know, crushes and um, the whole middle school so-and-so's asking me out was how it was back then. It's probably something totally worded differently now, but back then it was like, oh, so-and-so asked me out. And I was um, always very confused by that because where could they take you out to? Because none of us could drive at 11, 12 years old. So um, I really started getting a reputation for just being weird and different because I didn't want to waste my time in these frivolous relationships that couldn't go anywhere. And, um, I really felt the Lord calling me to just grow closer to him and get to know him better and focus on, um, deepening my relationship with him and also my family and with, um, girlfriends and stuff. And, um, by the time I was in high school, um, I really started taking the middle schoolers under my wing and just trying to be a friend to them. Um, cause I was homeschooled. So I was used to like age integrated activities with the homeschool group that we would um hang out with and stuff and um so it didn't really matter what age we were we just all played together and did the activities together and well that was a foreign concept to kids at church um because 
they either went to public school or Christian school, and it's very much like you hang out with the people in your own grade or whatever. And um, so the high schoolers didn't really socialize with anybody younger than them, and I just saw a lot of kids that needed um, a friend. And so um, that's kind of what I spent my time doing um, instead of worrying about boys so much. Um, and the Lord was just working in my heart about, um, purity and really wanting to be pure. Um, but not just in like the physical way that you would think of, um, but also emotionally and mentally, um, I wanted to be pure and um, not waste my emotions and time and conversation um, with a bunch of different boys. I really just wanted to save all of that for my husband. And um, so when um, we were exposed to the whole I kiss dating goodbye and um, more, you know, the courtship thing. Um, it resonated with me. Um, and so that's kind of where my love story is, um, which is probably very different from most of yours, but, um, it, I feel makes it really, um, just special. And, um, I definitely see, um, just so many blessings, um, that came from it. Um, I did want to read Proverbs 4.23. Um, I feel like it really ties in well here. It says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. And I remember hearing that preached, um, when I was in middle school and just how important it is to guard your heart. And I feel like that was one of the verses that God used to really, um, impact me about how important it is. Um, the friendships that you allow into your life and, um, what you focus your time and attention on. And so, um, Anyway, that just gives you kind of a groundwork um, to understand where I'm coming from with my love story. My family moved to um, from upstate New York to Michigan for my dad to work with a ministry called Life Action Ministries when I was 15. And Tim was a staff kid at Life Action. His dad was a revivalist for one of the crusade teams there. And so they would come off the road in the summertime and rejuvenate and train a new team before heading back out on the road. And they traveled um, North America um, doing crusade revivals. And Tim was part of that with his family. So that first summer when I met him, 
Um, let's see if I can describe him and you'll probably know what I thought. Um, well, he, without his glasses, he's very blind. And so back then he, he had really thick, heavy glasses. Um, and then he had his big tube socks that were up to the knee and big bulky tennis shoes um, the baggy shorts and those, um, like Hawaiian button up shirts that were probably a little baggy too. Anyway, it's a pretty funny picture. And I just remember thinking what a dorky kid this guy was. And, um, he had such a baby face at 15 and I just thought for sure I was older than him. And, um, well, for whatever reason, I had it in my head that I needed to marry somebody older than me. Um, I do not at all think that anymore, that like the girl has to be younger than the boy for it to work at all. But in my young childish mind, that's how I thought. So anyway, I wrote him off my list. One, he was dorky. And two, I for sure was older than he was. Well, later that year, our family actually visited a crusade that his family was, um, putting on. And, um, I got to see Tim in action, ministering with his family and serving in the kids clubs and singing, um, with his family during family night and just was like, wow, this guy is really kind of sharp and um, has a heart for people and especially kids. That really struck me. So my interest was perked. And I remember my mom and me chatting and she's like, well, how old is he anyway? And I was like, um, I don't really know. And so we had to do some investigating and come to find out he was actually my age um, and like two months older than me. And I was very surprised, um, to find that out. And I just started thinking, Hmm, I wonder. Um, and then I remember for my 16th birthday, his family sent me a birthday card and all of the kids from the St. Clair family signed it. And, um, it, it included Tim and he probably, his parents probably twisted his arm to sign it. No, I don't remember. But I just remember reading over and over the words that he said. Um, and just saving that card in my Bible and thinking it was the sweetest thing ever. And, you know, maybe this guy actually noticed me. So by the next summer, we're both back at camp and... um hanging out with all the staff kids and I just was head over heels for this cute 16 year old boy. And, um, 
that's how it all began. So the following summer, um, when they came off the road, he actually had a graduation party because he was um, at 17. He graduated high school and I was invited to his graduation party. And I just remember they had a time where everybody sat around and just shared um, what Tim meant to them or something special about his life and just all the things that everybody was saying about him. It just checked off like all the things on my list that I had written uh, about what I was looking for in my future husband and praying for. And we had a lot of fun that night. Somehow we managed to sit next to each other during a couple of the games. And um, we just laughed a lot. And um, But after hearing people share about him and stuff, I remember walking home that night and just thinking, wow, like this guy is really amazing and um, really fits so much of what I've prayed for all of my life. And I just remember getting on my knees in my room and saying, Lord, if there's any way that you could make me the kind of woman that would be qualified to marry this man, I would be completely blown away and honored. And that's when I started praying um, for Tim in a totally different way. Um, instead of just as a crush, that's where the love started to blossom and, um, just respecting him as a person and seeing qualities in him that I could see, um, you know, fitting with, with me for the rest of my life. So, but at 17, that's pretty young to start thinking that seriously about something um, like that. And because I really wanted to make sure that I didn't start a serious relationship until I was ready to pursue marriage, um, I just kept having to give that over to the Lord. And um, me and Tim kept becoming better friends, um, over the summers when his family would come off the road and we'd have time to hang out at camp. Well, it just so happened that his family built a house across the street from the missionary house that our family lived in. So yes, I married the boy across the street. Um, so that's really kind of funny, but, um, they had a trampoline and I would take my younger brothers. I had, um, two, well, I have three younger brothers, but two of them were considerably younger than me. Um, 13 years difference and, uh, 16 years difference. So I would take Joe and Ben and, um, use them as an excuse to go hang out at the St. Clair's trampoline. And sometimes I would get lucky enough that Tim would come out and sit on the trampoline and chat with me. And um, so his dad likes to say that it all started on the trampoline. Um, but we did have some really great conversations that way. 
Um, but eventually he went off to college and, um, the summer that he left for college, I was really hoping that he would at least say something like give me some inkling that he was thinking maybe we could be more serious friends, but he didn't. And it just crushed my heart. I remember going and singing his favorite hymn, which is It Is Well With My Soul, which I also love. Um, But I was really struggling at that moment to believe that it was well with my soul because here the boy that I'd been um, falling in love with over the past couple of years was headed off to Bible college and hadn't said anything about a relationship. And, um, I was for sure that he was going to meet some really beautiful, really smart, um, Christian girl at college. And so I was just like, it's all over. There's no hope anymore. Um, for little me over here, he's going to forget about me. Um, and so, Um, unfortunately I allowed, um, those thoughts to really take root, um, into discontentment and, um, started almost being bitter towards God for not providing. I was just, I think I was 20, maybe 19 and a half, 20 And, you know, at that age, it just feels like you've been waiting forever for the perfect guy to come along and you think God's forgotten about you. And, um, I was still living at home. Um, sometime I'll have my mom on and we'll talk about that whole story of why I was still at home at 19, 20 years old. Um, but, um, I felt trapped and I felt, um, yeah, like God had forgotten, like to write the rest of my story. And I felt like I'd been waiting long enough. Um, and so that just kind of started me down a path of, um, walking away from God, um, not spending as much time in his word, um, letting friends kind of stir up discontent, um, in conversation. And I would like, I would just talk bad about my circumstances and instead of, um, focusing on good things, I just kind of started spiraling into, um, frustrated life and, really look to friends and friendship um, with other people to fill the void. It's like I became desperate um, to find, to write my own story, I guess. I wanted to take control and, um, yeah, it was just not a good year for me at all. And um, it ended very badly with me making some really unwise choices and things that I was really ashamed of. And, um, it actually led to me having to sit in counseling 
because of some of the bad choices that I made. Um, and the counseling session was led by my dear future mother-in-law and father-in-law and um, talk about humbling and just um, having to get direction and confess sin and um, lay it all out in front of them. I was like, there is no way now that they're going to let me marry their son um, knowing the things that I've done and the bad choices that I've made. But I remember my mother-in-law just looking at me and she asked um, how I was feeling at one of those counseling sessions. And I just said, I just feel so broken and I feel so dirty and um, like I've just, you know, ruined the the purity that I had. And um, she just said, but, you know, Jesus is the one, like you stand in his righteousness now. If you've confessed your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and Virtue is something that you can always achieve by just walking in righteousness, walking in the godly path. And it was just some of the greatest advice um, that I could receive and just gave me hope um, to turn my eyes back to the Lord and to let him purify me and, um, restore, um, what Satan and my own selfish, um, choices had destroyed and stolen. Um, so I just want to read a few verses from Psalm 51, um, because God really used this Psalm to, um, as a way for me to express how I felt at that time. It says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And then later it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. And that was just the cry of my heart at that time and um, realizing that God could create a, a clean heart in me again and renew the spirit in me that all hope was not lost um, with God, hope is never lost. Um, so I guess I just want to encourage, um, any of you sisters who feel like you've made choices in your life that you've kind of stuffed to the corner of your heart and you, um, have shame and guilt and, um, you want to be free, but you wonder if God really could forgive that. Like he can, and he wants to, and he wants to restore you and bring you back into joy. 
it says, Rejoice, uh, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. And so the joy of your salvation can come back and um, that weight of shame and guilt can be lifted. Um, if you'll just confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive and um, it says that he cast them as far as the east is from the west and remembers them no more. And um, so I did um, just spend that whole summer um, when I was um, 20 just pouring over the scripture which had at that point become very hard for me to read and get anything from it um, until I repented of my discontent and my seeds of bitterness and then, you know, the bad choices that I had made. And I confessed them to the Lord and to others and got help. And um, that coming year was just probably one of the best years ever because I just came face to face with the amazing grace of God and realizing um, I had grown up in a Christian home. For me, you know, I prayed and asked Jesus to be my Savior when I was seven and so my lists of sin at that point were um, pretty what we would consider insignificant, you know, and that's really not the scale that God has for sin um, because my heart was sinful and um, prone to sin and it was lost. I was just as lost as the next person, but... When you're seven, you really don't realize that. And so um, as much as I'm ashamed of those bad choices that I made, um, his grace became so much more precious to me and his forgiveness, um, realizing that without his power and presence, I can slip so far and so fast into darkness and bad choices. And um, so we don't want to tiptoe um, the line between righteous living and worldly living. Um, we have to just run wholeheartedly after him. And um, so that's what I did that year. And what I didn't realize is that during that year, Tim was um, in conversation with my dad about wanting to start a deeper relationship with me. But because me and my dad talked a lot, my dad knew, you know, all the things that I was processing and going through. And he had just told him, like, she needs some time to heal and refocus and stuff. And um, not really come back later, but kind of... <laughs> And so he's like, you can write our family, but um, Sarah just needs um, some some space right now. And um, Tim was very kind and patient and honored my dad's request and did that. Um, so 
um, I think it was like May 22nd. Um, it was sometime in May, um, of 2001 that Tim and his family and my family, unbeknownst to me, completely surprised me, um, where, um, I went and visited his family and he was with his singing team at college and they were going to go visit Cedar Point, which was a um, amusement park that me and Tim's family had gone to a couple of summers together. We would um, camp out and spend like two days at this amusement park as families. And um, it was just a blast. Well, he was going to go visit there with his um, singing team that he was traveling with that summer. And so his family decided I would go visit them because um, I was friends with his sister, Tiffany, and wanted we had been wanting to hang out. And then um, they t went to Cedar Point that weekend. Didn't tell me that Tim was going to be there, but hey, Sarah, come spend the weekend and we're going to go to Cedar Point. And then my family snuck over to Cedar Point and was in the park, and I didn't know. And then Tim showed up at the park, and I didn't know. And then, um, yeah, so we all end up, like, converging at some place in the park that I'm sure they had all planned it, and I was completely oblivious and um, I'm just, like, still trying to process the fact that Tim is, like, there. And I hadn't seen him for quite some time because he'd been at college and stuff. And um, I'm just like, what? what is going on? I don't really know. But um, so then um, he actually said, like, let's go eat lunch um, with our parents and, um, so we headed to the burger joint at the place, like a cute little d burger diner. And, um, and then my parents and his parents were like, oh, we'll take your orders. We'll go wait in line. You guys sit here. And I was like feeling quite betrayed by my parents because I had promised them so much that I would behave like hanging around the St. Clair's and, um, if I saw Tim, I'd try to just, you know, guard my heart and not get overexcited. Um, and so here we are, me and Tim sitting at this table, just the two of us. And he looks at me and he says, so I bet you're wondering what is going on. And, um, I was just like, something's going on. Like, well, I don't know what is going on. <laughs> And he's like, well, I just, um, over the past year, I've been talking with your dad about a deeper relationship. And, um, I was just like, knew, you know, as soon as he said that I knew where this was going and I could not believe it. Like all those years and years of praying and surrendering. And I was just like wide eyed. I'm sure my mouth was wide open. Um, and so he just proceeded to tell me that he had, 
um, really would love to start a deeper relationship with me, can would you be interested? And maybe you need some time to pray about it. So no rush in a answer. And I just like, um, I don't need to pray about it. I've been praying about it. Yes, yes, yes. And um, so that's how it all started at an amusement park. And our life has been quite a roller coaster ride ever since. <laughs> but um, so we courted for two years and um, probably one of the biggest things that our relationship was marked by is um, purity and loyalty um, loyalty to God and to our friends um, we tried really hard not to just be consumed with the two of us but to keep um, our eyes on the Lord and on serving other people um, and then I had um, prayed and felt like God had asked me to wait until my wedding day before I kissed my husband. And um, I had prayed and prayed, Lord, can you bring a man that will feel the same way? Um, because I felt like that was would be really rare to find somebody who felt that way. And, um, so me and Tim, you know, at some point in our relationship, we talked about that and, um, he also felt that way. And, um, so we did not kiss until our wedding day and, um, we held hands for our engagement pictures. And I think that was, that was it, um, so it was definitely a different kind of um, learning how to show love in different ways, but that's just what we felt God had called us to. So um, not saying that I would recommend that for every relationship. Um, we are not counseling our kids necessarily that strict, Um are, it's more like seek the Bible and um, ask God what he's asking of you. Um, but I feel like that was just something that God asked of us. Um, and it was part of us just being set apart for a different testimony. Um, and so... I was going to read um, just a verse that you can meditate on um, even if you're wanting to like counsel your kids in how they can make standards for their relationships. So it's 1 Corinthians um, 6 at the end of the chapter. In verse 19, it says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? 
you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And that was just one of my themes. And so as I prayed and asked God, Lord, how do I glorify you with my body in my relationship with Tim? Um, the Lord asked us to wait for physical contact um, and to save our kiss until our wedding day. And, um, and so that's what we did. And it was definitely worth the wait. Um, and I just am thankful for God giving us grace to be obedient to that. Um, because I know it is a rare thing. Um, but if that isn't at all your story and you feel like you super messed up, um, I just want to remind you again about, you know, the grace of God and the forgiveness of God that he offers. And I do not, um, share this in any way to make, um, any of my listeners out there to make you feel um, like you don't have a a redemptive story. Um, but the Lord writes different stories for each of us. And um, so just look for him in your story. And um, he will continue to write a masterpiece. Um, so wedding day comes and, um, it was a gorgeous wedding, um, with many guests because of, you know, Tim having all his college friends and his family being in life action, my family being in life action, all of the supporters and relatives. I mean, it was a big shindig. Um, something unique about our wedding is that, um, friends and family and Tim wrote all of the music that was in our wedding. It was all original. Um, and me and Tim sang a number of the songs. Some of them we sang live. I think one of them we had pre-recorded, but it was quite a little musical production, um, which was super special. And, um, but when I married Tim, I thought that I understood the fact that only God can truly satisfy, um, and that you're relationship with anyone on earth can only go as deep or be, um, as satisfying as you allow God to fill you. Well, it quickly, um, became apparent to me that I still had a lot to learn in that, um, once I got married and you know, it's two human people, flawed people getting married. And I thought that I'd married the bestest one possible, which I still a hundred percent stand behind. 
Um, but he was still human and not perfect. And, um, as we, you know, went on through marriage, um, I realized that I was going to be really super disappointed if I kept looking to Tim for all of, to fill all of the voids in my heart um, and to make me feel all the love and um, all the acceptance and like my identity became very much wrapped up in him instead of in the Lord. And um, so the Lord had to reveal those things to me. And um, one of the ways that he did that was through a book called um, Captivating by um, John and Stacy Eldridge. And my mom shared it with me one summer um, after Rena had been born. And um, I read it hoping, I don't know what I was hoping, but I really think I was hoping that I would learn maybe either how to be more captivating to Tim or how to get his attention or um, I'm not quite sure, but I just remember being completely um, brought to my knees and humbled by the realization that Jesus wants to be the one who captivates us and um that even after marriage, um, like that husband doesn't take the place of, of God. And, um, somehow I had kind of gotten that messed up in my priorities and, and things. And so, um, I remember sitting with Tim and just sharing some of the things from that book and, telling him that I was going to go back to letting God's love fill me and getting my identity and my self-worth and stuff from the Lord and like giving him my needs and bringing my needs before the Lord instead of to Tim. And, um, it was like a huge weight was just lifted off of his shoulders and, um, that brought a lot of freedom into our relationship and a lot of joy on my part instead of being discontent or frustrated when he didn't meet my expectations. Um, I could just, um, you know, trust God with him and um, not always try to fix him um, as I feel like we wives tend to do. Um, and so, yeah, and so the love story is like beautiful of how God brought us together, um, two people to represent, um, the love of Christ for the church. Um, but also I feel like it's a love story of me and Jesus and how Jesus continued to pursue me when I had given up on my love story. And then he brought me that dream, but then realizing that 
even in having the man that I had prayed and prayed for, that Jesus still needed to be the ultimate um, to satisfy my soul. And um, so I pray that this Valentine's you would um, let the love of God be what satisfies those deepest places of your heart. And if there's places that you haven't let him look, that you haven't wanted to open the door to him, let him in. Let him know all the mess, because, spoiler alert, he already knows. Um, But there will become so much more joy and freedom as you um, just lay it all bare before him and repent of anything that needs to be um, sought forgiveness for and um, and then just let his love wash over you. Find your identity and satisfaction not in people, not even in your spouse, but in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he's the one who loved us enough to die for us. And, you know, I love that saying that he stretched out his arms and said, this is how much I love you. Um, And the whole Bible is a love story. So I think it's really cool. But... Now you know a little bit more about me and um, my my journey, and I hope that somehow it was a blessing and an encouragement to you. Let me just close in prayer. Lord Jesus, I just pray for my sisters who are listening. Um, thank you for their life. Thank you for the love story that you're writing for them. If they are single and still waiting for that perfect person for them to come, I pray that you would help them to stay in a place of contentment and not let a root of bitterness creep in and separate their heart from you and all the joy that you want to bring them. Help them just to wait on the Lord and um, to be patient for you because it's totally worth it and you have a perfect plan. Lord, I pray for um, the sister that might be in a really hard place in her marriage right now. Maybe she's lost hope of things being the way that she always dreamed of them. And I just pray that you would help her to find her identity and satisfaction and love from you, God. And that she would take any of the disappointments or unfulfilled expectations and just lay them at your feet, God. And allow you to comfort her 
but also speak hope over her and that the love that you fill her with would just bubble out into a beautiful love that she could lavish on her husband, not based on his deservedness or how great he was that day or how he made her feel, but just because he is her husband and um, you have loved her that much and so she can then turn around in grace and offer that to her husband. Um, Lord, we just thank you that you are the great giver of love, that you are love. And I pray that you would fill us with your love and that we would take that love into a lost world who needs Jesus. May my sister be satisfied in your love today. And I pray this in your name. Amen. So I hope that you enjoyed the love story and um, that you have a great Valentine's week. If you are interested in supporting this podcast through a sponsorship, um, please reach out. Um, you can find me on Facebook as Sarah Dawn St. Clair or on Instagram under raising underscore rubies times six. Um, and if you want to join the Facebook group, I'd love to see you over there. I'll be posting wedding pictures and some of our courtship pictures. Um, and yeah, I hope you have a great week, everybody. Thanks again so much for listening. Bye for now.